changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Today, we're welcoming a new member of the Chicken Soup for the Soul family, Kathy Bissell. Her work on behalf of abandoned pets is featured on our Saturday morning television show, Chicken Soup for the Soul's Hidden Heroes. And Kathy is indeed a hidden hero because of the work that she does for dogs and cats and other pets. And today we're going to shed some light on her foundation, the Bissell Pet Foundation, and everything that it does to help rescue, rehabilitate, and eventually rehome dogs, cats, and other pets. So, Kathy, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm glad to be a part of it. So I know you were raised in suburban Detroit, but your family loves animals, and you were raised with dogs and ducks and rabbits. And I know that many of our listeners are trying to figure out what they're passionate about and what they can do to bring purpose into their lives. You have a story about how you came to be so involved in the world of rescuing animals. Can you share it with us? Sure. It's it's kind of an interesting story, and it's and it happened in my later years. And so I grew up with animals. I've always loved animals. We've always had dogs, and we did have ducks and bunnies and, you know, all sorts of animals um, in our home. But I never went to a shelter. I love dogs. I was always afraid to enter the shelter for fear I would you know, come to tears seeing these animals in cages and bad, you know, environments. And I just couldn't do it as a child. And it wasn't until later in my life that Hurricane Katrina happened. And I thought, I really need to try and help our local shelter. I need to go there. I need to meet the people. Maybe I had a hobby of taking pictures and I love that. So photography, I decided I'd go take some pictures of the pets that came into the shelters. Well, then I realized I needed to start raising money and helping the shelter. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. I was like, there's so many wonderful animals. They seem happy. We have a really good shelter. So I, you know, started frequenting it. And then as I traveled around the country, I would frequent shelters. I decided I'm going to go see what these pets look like. And they kept asking me, how can you help us raise money? All the shelters, because I have a company uh, behind me, maybe we could take a little bit of your company's money. And really, it was racking my brain to figure out a way that I could leverage our company to help animals. And it worked. Um, and here we are today. Um, I started a foundation and um, we're able to help so many shelters and rescues. I'm over my fear. I'm in the shelters all the time. I'm wanting to bring every pet home, every pet I see. There are some beautiful, beautiful pets looking for a home. So it's it's been a game changer for me. I understand your feelings because I remember going on a big tour of shelters a few years ago on behalf of Chicken Soup for the Soul. We were giving away a lot of our pet food to shelters out west. And the first time I walked into a shelter, I just started crying because it was so sad to see those beautiful animals peering out through those cages. And of course, that's not where they belong. They belong, you know, on the forbidden couch or nestled in bed with you at night, but that's where they belong. So I know you have some rescues of your own. Tell us about your own rescued pets that you adopted from shelters. 
So I really didn't start adopting until 2007. So when you think about it, it's only been 11 years. And um, the first pet that I adopted um, just happened to be at one of my events and met my dogs and was so good. And he was so beautiful and so regal. And he was six years old. He was given up because somebody got a puppy and they didn't want an older dog at six, if you can imagine. And I was so upset about it. I wanted the world to know that like adoption is the best thing. He was so amazing, well-behaved. Everything about him was great. Like, why would you give up this pet? So he was my first um, dog. And then I, I brought in a cat and I brought in a couple other dogs. I'm allergic to cats. So when they find me, I figure they have to stay with me. I don't have a cat right now, but my son does. But every pet I brought in has been remarkable. And um, some need some training and that's fine too. So I have one right now that I'm, he's four. I got him when he was four months and he was a terror. And I kept him because I figured he might not make it in the system. He really needs some, somebody to work with them and give him love and attention. And everybody that comes to my house, he's got the cutest personality. They all want to adopt him. And I have to say he's not for adoption. He's mine. So there's so many great pets. I, I do. I also have another pet that I got from a home um, given up also around six years old. And the people said that, you know, she was obnoxious. Well, they never walked her. They walked her on a leash instead of letting her run and stretch her legs. She's a lab, but she's a lab that loves to run. And so I make sure that my dogs are treated like dogs and get to be dogs and go on long, great walks. I know that you do something that we always ask people to do, which is you adopt black dogs, especially large black dogs, because they're the ones that tend to get left behind in the shelters where they face a pretty terrible fate if nobody takes them home. Yes, yes, it is really sad. They don't show well in the shelter um, because they're dark and they look scary because maybe their teeth are white, but they're phenomenal. And and so I do adopt uh, black. So recently, actually, I adopted two senior dogs that aren't black. I adopted a red dog who was found wandering, quite thin, food aggressive, really sweet, and um, a golden dog. So I've changed habits, but they are seniors, and that's wonderful. Oh, I totally agree. You know, I don't even know if you know, but in our dog books that we publish every year and a half or so, we have so many stories about people adopting large black dogs and also adopting senior dogs of all sizes and colors because we are trying to show people how wonderful senior dogs and black dogs are and entertain them with stories that still put in the back of their minds, hey, when I do go to the shelter, I'm not going to overlook those large black dogs or those senior dogs. So I think it's great. So I wanted to talk about shelters and this amazing thing that you participate in, the Empty the Shelters projects. And I know we featured the North Shore Animal League, Empty the Shelter on um, Hidden Heroes that you did. And I think they adopted out 562 pets in one day, which was incredible. And I know you've sponsored some other ones in New York and in Michigan. How is that going? And is that a nationwide movement, the Empty the Shelters movement? 
So um, that particular day in New York, it was a, an event for the state of New York, but we, we were testing it and we kind of moved from the north uh, down to the city and other areas of New York and included North Shore Animal League, which was so great that you guys spotlighted. Um, they do just a phenomenal job. And uh, we were testing it to see how we can move outside of Michigan into other areas of the country. And it was quite successful for us. So we've done Northern California. We do Michigan. We've had some spotlighted areas in Kentucky and um, Chicago. And so we are trying to move in that direction where we can have one day where these spotlights shelters, we can have one big ad adoption event. Um, I want to continue the movement, but of course, it's funding. It's quite expensive to do these events. But when you can get so excited about so many pets going into homes, it really makes a difference. And we know that we should be doing more of this. We sponsored some out in California where we did something so simple. We gave away a small bag of our dog food or cat food, and we gave away one of our dog or cat chicken soup for the soul books, and people went crazy for it. It's just that they really just need to be reminded to go to the shelter and then they're right on it. I saw on the television segments those long lines of people waiting to get into the shelters and they were so patiently waiting in line and so excited about doing it. It makes everybody feel good to be a hero and rescue a dog or cat from a shelter. So Kathy, give us some tips for how to approach adopting a pet from a shelter. Well, I think, first of all, people have to make sure that all the family members are interested in bringing a pet into their home and that there aren't the allergies or things that might upset people. So making sure you have the clear to bring this pet in is super important. And then understanding the breed that you're wanting to adopt. So, you know, some dogs are more active. Some are younger, like puppies. They're going to chew. They're going to, or kittens, you know, they're going to scratch. And you have to just understand the pet you're bringing into the home. So looking at seniors, once again, is a great thing. They're calm. You see how they are. But just be prepared for the type of pet you want to adopt and making sure everyone is good with it. Then when you get to the shelter, be prepared to fall in love with a pet you didn't plan on falling in love with because you get there and, you know, it is kind of true. The pet sort of picks you. Uh, you think you're going for a particular cat or dog that you saw, but sometimes you get there and you might see another little face that you're attracted to. So um, that's, you know, what you do. Once you bring, once you bring that pet home, they've already been spayed and neutered. There's money that's already been spent on these pets. So that's the other great thing about adoption the shelters have been responsible to make sure they're vaccinated, spayed and neutered. And if they're not microchipped, you'll want them to get microchipped. That's really important. Um, microchipping does not mean GPS, which there's a confusion. It just means if your pet is found, then they can track the pet back to you. So registering that microchip and making sure you're up to date with it is always important. And then once that pet's in your home, we always feel like you should allow that pet a chance to get to know you. Don't have a party. Don't have a bunch of people over. They're nervous. You're a new family for them. They want to meet you and just love on them and give them attention. That's really important. And then take them to a vet and let them be seen by a vet because you want to make sure that you're on a good, you know, regimen of health for that pet. All pets need to see a doctor. 
So they've been taken care of initially, but make sure you always take care of your pet. And that vet can guide you if you've never adopted before. One of the things that I know happens is a lot of the pets that come from shelters were abandoned or went through some trauma before they got to the shelter. And they have separation anxiety. They're afraid they'll be abandoned again. How do you handle bringing a pet home who's a little nervous? And how do you give your pet that sense of security and deal with those perhaps initial months when the pet is not quite acting him or herself? I think every adopter has to look at their pet and and decide what type of pet they adopted. Some are, are calm, but those that are stressed need to be shown love. And I think if you're adopting a pet, then you know what you're getting. So you can see in the face of that pet if it's stressed. And you're going to want to make sure you sit on the floor with your pet and love that pet and make them feel comfortable and make sure every family member is slowly introduced and just get that pet to feel comfortable. You know, give it good food, give it treats, chicken soup for the soul. You know, it's, it's important. It's important to take care of that pet and earn the trust, especially of a pet that might be nervous. And we all think we're rescuing those pets when we bring them home. But I think in about 99% of cases, I hear from the humans that their pet really rescued them. And I'm sure you have seen the emotional side of this, the impact on the volunteers who work at the shelters and find their lives transformed and the impact on the humans who adopted the pets. Tell us what it's like to bring a dog home from the shelter or a cat and then feel that you're the hero and all of a sudden find that your dog or cat has changed your life. Honestly, it is the most wonderful feeling to bring a pet from a shelter to your home. I can't even describe it. I'm mad at myself for not doing this sooner, making this kind of a difference. These pets are love you like, I mean, I think they love you more than uh, a pet you might find from someone else. The shelter pets are phenomenal. And um, it is a great feeling to know you saved a life. And we like to say you actually saved two lives because you made room space at the shelter for another pet to come in when you adopt. So it's a pretty great feeling to um, change a life and allow that life to change yours. How do people find their local shelter or find one of these Empty the Shelter events? The Empty the Shelter events can be found on Bissell PetFoundation.org site. We do it twice a year, um, mainly in the state of Michigan. But like I said, we're trying to expand into other states. Or they can just, you know, look up their local shelter or rescue organization, just depending on what type of dog or cat they're looking for. Well, I know everybody knows how to use the internet and they can Google their local animal shelters and figure out what's up in their own communities. Kathy, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and inspiring us to adopt a pet from one of our local shelters. Well, thank you for having me. I I love talking about it. It's a passion and I hope everyone can find their passion. It's never too late. So you can learn more about Kathy's work on behalf of animals if you visit the Bissell Pet Foundation website. It's Bissell with two S's and two L's, B-I-S-S-E-L-L, petfoundation.org. Thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Come back for our next episode when we talk about two rescued dogs 
that ended up becoming amazing service dogs for their new families, which just proves our point, that rescues make the very best pets. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.